If you're out there, you're cheating on your spouse, you're telling lies all the time, you know, you just live with that sense of pressure on you that you're going to get caught. But when you're living like the right way, you don't have to worry about those things, right? And I bring that up to say, because I know there's a lot of coaches who... And we're on. This is the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I'm your host, Jason Larkin, where we talk cheer, we talk life, and we talk whatever comes to mind. Five, six, seven, eight, let's get started. Turn it up and tune in into Let's Talk Cheer with Jason Larkin. We're talking cheer, we're talking like you know we're always talking. So listen up, you boy, I'm about to go all in. Five, six, seven, eight, we're on, let's begin. This is episode number 94. Not sure if there's going to be a 95, but thank you for joining. We have another great episode for you guys today. Back-to-back comp week. So, of course, I'm talking about our time at American Masterpiece in San Jose, California. But we also have on John Davenport. And he's going to join us for a segment talking to us all about the majors in Indy. Lastly, our question of the week is about college nationals and why we only see college teams compete once a year. If it's your first time here, thank you for checking out the show. I think we've got a great thing going and only getting better. So again, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I appreciate your consistent support. And if you're checking us out on YouTube, now is the time to smash that like button. Guys, I'm a, I'm on YouTube now, so I've, I've got to say it. you got to smash the like button. Help us out. Please, the algorithm gods out there, please, please, please them hit that uh Smash that like button. Shout out to my mother, Sheila, Claire, Sarah, Robin, Adriana, Chanel, Tamara, myself, my mysterious supporter, who's not so mysterious anymore, Heather Peterson of Flipside, Pablo representing for all the cheer dads out there, and our newest mate, Michelle. Thank you for your donations. And if you, you listening right now, you actually want to support the show financially, you can do that for as little as 99 cents a month. Link in the show notes, link in the description, click it and you can... You know, you can you can add your name to that that Hall of Fame list of great listeners and supporters that we have. And if you haven't ordered your Let's Talk Cheer podcast T-shirt yet, it I'm not exactly sure when the link is going to expire. It might already be dead, but you might get lucky and you can still order a T-shirt. Either way, it's coming up soon. So if you haven't ordered a shirt yet, link in the show notes, link in the description. Try to order one right now. If not, you missed out. Maybe you'll get one next time. And as always, for those looking for the best free way to support the podcast, all you have to do is share the podcast, send it to a friend, send it to another coach, post it on your social media, and y'all have been coming through with the shares. It seems like just this last week, it's been going crazy. So I really, really appreciate that. I don't stop sharing, guys. I truly appreciate that. It means a ton. And by sharing on your social media, you are entered to win the giveaway. I've talked about this plenty of times, but for those of you guys who are new, I am giving away a free coaches training with me. We'll hop on a Zoom call, you and the other coaches at your gym, and we'll do one of my already pre-planned presentations, or we'll just do an open Q&A and just talk some cheer and help you guys out with your season and what's going on at your gym. All you have to do to win is take a screenshot of the episode of the podcast, post that on your Instagram story, and then tag our Instagram in the post. That is it. Share the podcast on your story. Tag the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram in the post and you are entered to win. The winner will be announced next episode, episode 95. The more shares, the more entries. Someone is going to win. Why not you? I'm the cheer director at American Cheer, AKSC.com, sharing with you my life running a program, managing a staff, coaching the athletes, and working with the parents. And on the other side of the microphone is a real live cheer parent who represents all of you parent listeners. Don't be less when you can be more. Be more. How was your weekend in San Jose? My weekend was good. Um, I'm glad that I don't work Mondays so I can have a day for recovery because I was so wiped out. I feel like when it gets time for awards on Sunday, I'm like, Oh, the rut, like the high is like coming down. 
Mm-hmm. So, but it was a great weekend. It was a lot of fun. How about you? Yeah, it was good. It was a good weekend. I think it was definitely our best performance, like our best showing as a program thus far. And I felt a lot more confident heading into this weekend. Like I feel like the first two times we got on the stage, like our real focus is on just the athletes getting on the stage. And I'm not too concerned about the scores. I'm really just concerned about the athletes getting on stage and getting in front of judges and getting in front of the lights. And then these last two events, I've been more concerned with how we're scoring. And so I learned a lot about the score sheet at GSSA. And so we were able to make adjustments. Not even that we made a lot of adjustments to the routine, but we're just still not used to, when we went to GSSA, I still wasn't used to seeing the numbers as they appear on the score sheet. So I remember, shout out to Coach Melissa, not our Coach Melissa at American, but Coach Melissa, we coached together at PCM. And I remember my first year getting a score sheet back and being like, okay, I have a score sheet. I don't know what this means at all. And I was like, Melissa, like, what do you do when you get a score sheet back? Like, what's your process? Like, once you get it back. And I remember she said, she said, the first thing I do when I get a score sheet back is I check to make sure I'm in range for everything. Right. And so when we got our score sheets back at GSSA, since I wasn't really used to seeing like the whole, the numbers all just look different now. And so I wasn't like used to just skimming the score sheet to see like if we're in range or not, or, you know, is the score correct, the score not correct. I wasn't used to seeing like those numbers because the numbers just look weird now. There's like extra numbers that they're there that aren't, that weren't there before. And so this weekend, especially after looking at all the scores last weekend and having to look at them on Saturday and Sunday and having to challenge things, and then get them back and then make sure they're correct. This weekend, when I looked at the scores, I was able like to run down them and go, okay, like this all makes sense. And we were able to catch, you know, the mistakes a lot quicker. So this weekend, I felt like the score was, the scores were better. I know last weekend I was talking about, or last podcast, I talked about how like 75% of our teams had mistakes, not in our favor. This weekend, that was down a few. There were still a few teams that had mistakes, but it wasn't 75%. But, you know, we were able to catch them and go, okay. And like I said last weekend, they're really accommodating and able to go, no, yeah, you're right. This is incorrect. They just count your number. So I still think there's that part where everyone is still trying to get used to how code of points works and not even how it works, but I guess the judges are. I guess they're guessing, and I don't know this for sure. This is just from my point of view. It seems that the judges are guessing which section is which. Like when you do your standing tumbling score, so you're getting two standing tumbling scores basically. And so they're guessing, is that their max or their majority? Or is that their most score? And so I guess they're kind of, it seems like they're assigning one right off the bat. And then when you do the second one, they're just assuming it's the other one. And if they don't get that right, if they're not on the same page with the coaches, they're just assigning you a score based on those numbers or, or they're like, don't, they just don't quite have a grip on which skills are elite and which skills are advanced, or they're not counting kids who are tumbling across the front of routines, like during the elite section. So something is going on where there's a miscommunication with how many athletes you have doing a particular skill and where that number is being counted towards on the score sheet. So I heard this, I'm not sure if this is exactly true, but I did hear this this weekend, that jams is like having you declare what skills are which before you take the mat. So I have no idea if that's true or if they will do it at all-star nationals for, for jams. But I I did hear that like jams, obviously we have Bailey on staff who coaches Rosedale Middle with your girls. And I heard that they were like, hey, like you need to say, you know, what skills are which before you take the floor. So I don't know if they're going to do that, like I said, in Vegas for All-Star Nationals. But that would help for sure for the judges to go like, okay. When they do their standing three pass, that's their majority pass. When they do their step in pass, that is their 
their um, most pass or whatever the case may be. So there's still a couple of mistakes. What wasn't nearly as bad as last weekend, but more importantly, I felt that the kids looked so much better this past weekend than they did at GSSA. And I'm really ready to get into, I'm going to have two weeks before spirit sports. So really excited. Like I feel like that's why we tend to look really good at spirit sports because we use the first couple of competitions to, to get in the groove, getting the athletes on the floor. The next couple of competitions, you know, we use, you know, as a coach, I'm really focused on, okay, so how are we scoring and what adjustments do we need to make before we head into our next set of events? And then when we hit spirit sports, we're kind of combining those two things, like the athletes being physically ready, the coaches being like mentally like prepared for the event. And then we go into spirit sports and the teams are looking good. So hopefully that trend continues and, you know, we can have a great showing at Duel in the Desert. So um, B, how was it? You know, I know you said, you know, and, and yeah, that cheer hangover is real. I did not want to get up this morning. I did not. I did not want to get up this morning. But I went, I made it to work out this morning. Never miss a Monday. So I feel good. And I'm sitting there with you, like thinking, are we going to pod today? We got a pod. It's Monday. Let's get it. So here we go. So, you know, how are things for you, B? You know, this weekend was a really good weekend. Um, we got up there around six o'clock and the hotel was nice. Um, the convention center was nice. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I didn't hear any parents say anything to me at least about it. Um, it, I, I really will say this, this is such a bummer and I want to say inconvenience for me anyways, but you know, a lot of these competitions are getting away with like cash, right? So it's only, only online, but then you have all these added fees and I'll, <laughs> I am always have always wanted to pay with cash because there's all these additional fees and I added it up one year and my additional fees ended up being like a hundred dollars for the whole year, which some people will say, Oh, it's a hundred dollars. It's no big deal. But like, Anyone that's in competitive cheerleading, like $100 is $100. I would rather like drop my kids off at, you know, for me this weekend, it was eight o'clock. I'd rather drop my kids off. And if I have to wait in line for two hours, I have to wait in line for two hours. That's fine. But I don't want to pay the additional fees. Well, get to the competition and on Saturday and they're like, cash, no cash, only cards. So here I have to jump on and buy tickets real quick. And, you know, the fee wasn't bad this weekend. It was only like six bucks um, three per, per ticket. Uh, and there was two of us. So that fee, that wasn't bad, but I just, I, I don't think it's like, I don't like it. I don't think it's right that everybody's getting away with no cash. Um, for me going into this weekend, you know, with my girls and their school cheer, it's the same exact thing. No cash. You have to buy them online, which I think is super annoying. Some people like to pay cash. I, you know, most people that don't know, I'm a manicurist, so I get paid cash. So I'd rather pay cash instead of going to the bank and depositing money, you know, and I mean, things like that. Um, other than that, I thought the competition was a great competition. There was a lot of space. I would have liked to have like some more chairs because at one point, like all the chairs were taken. Um, but I understand, you know, they had tables in the back, which was nice. It's really cool that they have at this place we were at that they had like, um, refreshments in the back. So that was nice. Um, I will say that there was some other teams, um, not Friday night, but Saturday night, we were all sleeping and we you know we go to bed at like a pretty decent time. We're laying in bed and it's probably like midnight and Rylan wakes up from the other bed and she's like, mommy, can I go tell them to be quiet? And I was like, yes, there was these kids running around on our floor and they were the loudest I've ever heard anyone. And I've never dealt with this before at a competition where they're running around all hours of the night and you can hear them. So she goes out there and she opens the door and she's like, can you guys please be quiet? We're trying to sleep in here. And they're like, oh, sorry. You know, they were very respectful. They're like, we're sorry. You know, we'll quiet down. Well, then like 2.30 in the morning, it's happening again. 
come to find out on Sunday, um, I was talking to some other parents and I wasn't the only one that it happened with, you know, there was people on other floors that they had to deal with that too. So that kind of stunk a little bit, but overall it was a really good competition. I liked it. I thought we didn't venture out very far because of the parking issue, um, that we were worried that there would be no parking. So we rode those little bird scooters that they have. We rode those down, had some food, um, on Saturday. That was cool. Uh, Coach Bailey, she told us, you know, this little San Pedro market, which was super cool. Um, Saturday evening, you know, we went and found like a little bowling alley and us and um, some of our friends took some of the kids bowling and then ate at the San Pedro market again. Um, it was really nice that everything was like so close. That's what I do love about staying on site at the hotel where the competition is, is that most of the places like the walk isn't very far. And, you know, if you're ever getting kids ready in the morning, like you understand how can be like how every minute counts. And like for me, if I'm just getting my girls ready, I'm good with time. I'll, we're, we'll probably be 15 minutes early, leave time to walk down. But, you know, I'm doing like five kids hair in the morning and I don't mind to help out, make sure the girls look good, but it's like a time crunch. So being able to just walk down and, you know, it's a five minute walk from our hotel room. Although the elevators were a little bit of a struggle, um, but it was nice. I thought it was a great competition. I had a lot of fun. Um, I think the parents did too. You know, there was another thing going on there, um, that gaming convention, um, but that didn't seem to be like too much of an issue. Um, at one point, Ryan did tell me, though, he said, this is why camping is so much better for cheer competitions, because having like space to just like lounge around, we're not really like lay on the bed and hang out type of people. We'd rather just like sit somewhere, you know, having like chairs in the room to sit and space to like take food back up and eat instead of eating on your bed. Um so that for me is another reason why camping is so much fun because you have space. Um, but other than that, you know, it was a good event. Um, I thought all the athletes looked really good. Um, it was clean. You know, I think the parents liked that area because there was things to do in San Jose and then not too far of a drive for San Francisco. So it's always nice to go to cheer competitions and you're done early in the day. You know, we were all done by 12 o'clock and then you have the rest of the day to do something. So it's always nice to have, to be somewhere that you can go and go to the mall or, you know, like go into San Francisco, sightsee, you know, do a little bit of fun things, like make a little bit of a trip about it or a trip of it while you're there. No, yeah, definitely. I Yeah, I like the event. I really do like the event. I like Masterpiece. It's been a while since we've been in San Jose. Last year, we didn't do Masterpiece at all. We decided to go to American Grand. The year before, I think, was COVID year. And the year before that, we were in Daly City. So, yeah, it's been quite a while since we've actually been to Masterpiece in San Jose. So it's good to go back. The city is awesome. Um, yeah, San Pedro Market is is great. Really cool spot just to go and hang out. And it's San Jose is just like a cool city, right? It's just like a city and it's cool and you just feel the energy of being in like a California, like a NorCal city, right? Like just like the stereotypes of Northern California, it's like there in San Jose. So that, that's really cool just to be there and just the, the culture of, of Northern Cali. Right. So that was cool. Like the event. Um, and I do like this. I know I complained last week about the D one D two, like mandatory splits where the, we just have so many teams back to back to back in the morning. I'm not sure what the difference was this week. I'm not sure if, if it's the way that Ashley did the schedule for the coaches where I didn't feel so, even though we were back to back to back, but I only had, I really only had senior black and senior red on my schedule. I didn't have all four of my teams on my schedule. So it could have been that where I didn't feel, again, so back to back to back. Maybe I'm more used to it, or maybe there were more D1 teams there, which made it spread out a little bit more. I'm not really sure. Either way, I didn't feel as overwhelmed with the teams, or it could have been I'm just more used to looking at the score sheets and just 
I'm just more in the groove of everything. But I do like, again, I know I complained about, hey, maybe we should spread this out, but I did like, I love getting out early, right? It's an early morning. We got to meet six, seven o'clock, whatever it is. But I do like being done by noon. And then we have the rest of the day because us and staff, we went down to San Francisco and, you know, enjoyed the city and went and did the whole tourist thing and, you know, grabbed dinner out there. And that was a good time. So um, that was good. And then if you listen to this podcast for any amount of time, you know that I favor like teams competing. Right. And we had good competition, right? We went against NorCal in pretty much every division. I don't have it memorized. We went against NorCal in pretty much every division. And real quick, uh, Kyle Tolliver, this is your your alert. Sound the alarms. If you know Kyle Tolliver, someone tag him. He needs to come on the podcast. Tell him to book a date to get on. Let's go, Kyle. Now's your time. So, but we went against um, NorCal in pretty much every division. Um, Idaho Cheer was there. And so... We went against Aphrodite in the senior three division. And so, again, I am pro competing against teams. Now, Aphrodite, very strong senior three. They're a small senior three. And then the weekend before, we went against Pride, California Pride. I can't remember the name of this, the team specifically. But they're a small senior three, too. And senior black was in first place. This is both competitions. In first place after day one. Day two, uh, you know, we just can't hang on to the lead. And again, I've said this before about code of points. The scores have just been really, really close. The scores have been super close. And so after day one, after they only take, you know, it's only a 25%, they only take 25% of the score from day one to day two. And the scores are so close at 25% is basically nothing. It's like, so we tied, we washed, and it's really going to come down to day two. So Although technically, if it was a one-day competition, we would have won after day one. When it's a two-day competition, it's practically like, you know, it's a tie and it's just going to come down to, you know, who does better on day two. And so we end up losing both days, getting second place on both days with Senior Black. But just the, what that does as to you as a coach, I guess if you're anything like me as a coach and as a program, it's like, man, we got second. They beat us straight up, right? Both teams hit zero deductions at GSSA, both teams hit zero deductions at um, at Masterpiece, and we end up in second. And that makes you do some real soul searching. Okay, what do we need to do? And we've just been getting killed in Pyramid. I could Early on in the season, I saw the scores a little lower than I liked with senior three. And I was like, man, we got to upgrade this pyramid. I've been talking to Ash. Ash, we got to upgrade this pyramid. But we have summit upgrades coming up in in March. And then we got a 3-6 in pyramid, you know, masterpiece. And I'm like, man, this pyramid score is killing us. Like, you know, we're doing okay, but it's killing you. Like, you just can't win with three sixes on your score sheet. And when our score didn't like dramatically go up, it went up a little bit on day two, but when it didn't shoot up on day two, I just had a feeling that we weren't going to pull off the win. Cause typically if you hit a solid routine, your score like will shoot up a lot and it went up a little bit, but when it didn't like shoot up, shoot up, I was just like, and I saw it three, six staring at me on pyramid. I just had a feeling we weren't going to win the competition. And as that happened, like I text Troy and I was like, Troy, can you come in? Like, I know this is last minute, but can you come in tomorrow and work with senior black on this pyramid? Like we're getting killed in pyramid. And though that's, that's what competing does. That's what competing does. Because if they would have split medium and small, and we were just in a division by ourselves, you know, we would have got the same score. I would have gotten that three, six, but it wouldn't have seemed so pressing to go and get the pyramid done right now. Right. And there's other things we need to take care of on the score sheet. But when you, but when you compete and they say end in second place, like that puts a different type of motivation in you to go and get things done. And so, especially like, I know we're not going to have to compete against Aphrodite or pride at like, the events we really, really care about, right? When we go to Nashville or we go to, we're not going to Dallas this year, but when we go to Dallas or when we go to spirit sports or, you know, 
for us, the ultimate one, right? Summit. I know we don't have to compete against them there. And so it's not like I'm worried about those teams, but it pushes you to be a better, a better coach and better athletes. And there's that book I read, What Drives Winning. Super good book. If you haven't bought it yet, go ahead and do it. Maybe I'll put a link in the description, but super good book. And it talks about the word competitor and the word competitor, you know, comes from the Greek or the, I'm not sure what it is, but you know, the original language means like to strive with. Right. And so it's like your partner, your partner in crime, like you are going to be better when you actually compete against each other and that competing against someone actually makes you a better person and it makes you strive to do your best. So, you know, count it all joy when you got to go and compete against people because it makes you a stronger as a coach one, you know, I'm talking to coaches right now. It makes you a stronger coach to go head to head. And I know there are teams that you want to have no parts of. I get it. There are teams where you're like, man, I'm not trying to compete against those guys. They're, they're too good. But it makes you stronger as a coach. And if you are teaching your athletes to look at competition the right way, when they get back in the gym on Monday, they won't, you know, feel like so defeated, but they'll feel motivated to to do what it takes to step their game up. Right. And so, you know, and you know, I tell the kids like, Hey guys, it is what it is. And you know, there was a point I already interviewed Calvin Lamb. So I think he's going to be, I don't know, he's going to be an episode coming up here in a few weeks. But I was asking him like, Hey, when you guys lost nationals, did you cry? And so I won't, you know, say what his answer was. I'll let you guys hear that on your own. And I remember telling him like, yeah, every, when I was a competitor, every time we lost, which only went to like big nationals when I was a competitor, right? I'm talking about NCA, UCA nationals. Shay, don't come at me. I hear you, Shay. Shay, don't come at me. Well, we went to big nationals, like UCA all-star nationals and college nationals. But when we lost, like I would, you know, I would literally cry like I was heartbroken, right? I guess I never lost UCA all-star nationals. Um, but when we lost UCA college or NCA college nationals, NCA all-star nationals, like, right, I would legit cry. Um, and but I'm trying to teach our athletes that like, you're going to win some, you're going to lose some, but just continue to work and, you know, continue to put in that work. So, um, I saw, I'm going to interject right there. A good ahead. friend of mine who is a mom at our gym, Miss Jessica Gonzalez, she posted last week and I took a picture of it because I told myself like, I'm going to need this in the future for the podcast. And she said, I know everyone wants to just post the first place wins, but to me, this has always been something that should be taught from any sport there is. You have to learn how to lose before you just win, win, win. That means there's always someone or team out there that wanted it more than you and the results show. Now you have to want it more to get that win. Stay humble and classy. And I think that just kind of like fits really right into what you're saying that you guys all have to go back, regroup and figure out what the next step is to succeed and get those first places from here on out. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's a Justin Carrier who knows what the heck his title is nowadays, but he's Mr. Varsity, Mr. NCA, really high up there. Justin, still waiting for you to come on the show, man. So, but he had this uh, blog years ago. I don't know if it was a blog or like a, it's what I guess we would consider a blog, but it's like a Facebook post. It just said like, I hope you lose. And it was about like the character building that losing does for you. And I hope that you lose NCA nationals this year because it's far more valuable to you as a person to lose than to win. And so, yeah. Anyway, I feel, I feel great. I don't feel like we have a bad team. I feel like we have the right, I feel like we have obviously the talent, but I feel more importantly that we have the character, like the kids are the right group of kids. And, you know, that's what you want. You know, there's some years at CBU, it was our third year at CBU, not our third year at CBU, but our third, we were going for our third national championship in a row, right? We win these two in a row. And that third year was super hard because we had kids who just kind of felt like one, either that it was going to automatically happen, like rookies that came in and go, yeah, like I'm a part of this 
you know, this dynasty and it's just going to happen. They feel like they didn't have to put in the work because they're already coming into like a, like a team already. And we have these kids who already went back to back and are just like, yeah, like what's the, like they didn't have the drive. And I just remember thinking like, you guys just don't deserve it right now. Like you don't deserve to go out there and win. So I don't have that same feeling towards senior black. I feel like we have the right group of kids who are doing things the right way. Things just haven't gone our way on the, the score sheet quite yet. So anyway, uh, I like the event. I thought it was a great event. Um, I wish more, I wish more teams did attend it like other outside programs, but you know, it's one of those things where it's just going to attract like the Northern Cali SCV came up, but it's like, a, you know, it's a Northern Cali event. And um, you know, next week, or two weeks from now, we'll go and see everyone, like everyone, West Coast Worlds. That's where all the, the teams converge to find out who is the best on the West Coast. Except for SC Cheer. We'll, we'll miss you guys. <laughs> Shout out to Jordan. All right, so we're going to go ahead and get to a break. But when we get back, we're going to hear from John Davenport of Cheer Athletics and hear how everything went at the majors. Owners, directors, coaches, we are in comp season now. So if you're looking for a second set of eyes as you're gearing up for your big events, I'd love to help out. You send me a video of your routine and I send you a video back of your routine with what I would fix and how I would fix it. Teams I've done this for have gone on to be world champions, NCAA all-star champions, NCAA collegiate champions, summit champions, and D2 summit champions. So if this sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can reach me via email at Jason Larkins, or you can reach me on Instagram at Jason Larkins or on the Let's Talk Cheer podcast Instagram, Let's Talk Cheer podcast. All right, John, so tell us everything about the majors. First, tell our audience what the majors is, and then tell us about your experience. How did the teams do? How did you like the event? And just tell us everything about Indy. Yeah, so first, thanks again for having me. I always love being on your show and talking about cheer, and I am really excited to talk about the majors. Outside of NCA, it is my personal favorite event to attend each year for so many reasons. But first, the majors is basically a selective all-star cheerleading competition where the best of the best, quote unquote, um, senior level six teams in each division are invited to compete at a one night event. I'm not really sure what the criteria is in order to be invited, but that's basically the concept where the top three to five teams in each senior level six division are invited to compete. Um, and first, the event is like a concert. The production is outstanding. The venue, the seating, the lighting, the stage, it's a huge production. The staff is absolutely incredible. Um, and so outside of that, there are so many reasons why I personally love the majors. Um, one of the main reasons why I love the majors is because it makes the athletes feel very special and they do such a good job celebrating and recognizing these teams and these athletes. Um, so first it starts off with like a majors gym tour where some of the major staff, they travel to each and every team um, that's competing at the majors to film the little intros that you see. So if you haven't seen the majors, right before each team walks on, they say each kid is on the screen saying their name and introducing themselves. So each kid is recognized right before they walk on, which is super cool. So they come out to the gyms and they film the intros and they film some parts of your routines or some full outs, just some for some footage for the banquet, for the celebration or for the event or social media. And so that's really, really cool. That's when the athletes get to hold the little sign and take their photos. And that's really when like the majors really starts to set in. And then um, something that they do is on Thursday night, they have like what they call an athlete celebration where the athletes and the coaches get to get all dressed up and fancy. And we attend like a banquet style celebration where there's food and there's goodie bags. And um, we all take time to recognize the athletes and each team and the coaches. And one of my favorite parts is that there's a scholarship winner. So one of the athletes at the majors wins a scholarship, which is really, really cool. Um, but yeah, it's just a night so these kids can have fun. 
Um, it's fun for us as coaches because we never really see these athletes outside of cheer. And so to see them in like heels and dresses and suits and ties is, and just see them having a good time is really fun for us. And it's really fun for them as well. So, and then um, the whole event is just, like I mentioned, really fun. But something that's unique is that it does a good job recognizing the seniors. So at awards, there's like this huge screen and um, all of the winners are announced at once. But before that, all of the seniors from each team are sitting on the stage. So when you're looking at the stage, it's only the seniors from each team that are waiting for the announcement. And then once the winners are announced, if you see your team on the screen, then you get to go on stage and there's like a huge athlete celebration where it's like, I think eight to 10 teams are just like all jumping up and down and going crazy and taking photos and crying. Um, and it's really fun for those athletes who were able to win that night um, and celebrate. And so that's something that's really special for them. Um, and something that selfishly for me that I love about the majors is for a coach, it's just a fun experience. And what some people don't recognize is that the majors is an all-day affair. So the morning round, um, the morning round, the practice round, the difficulty round, it's changed over the 10 years that I've been there as a coach. But basically this year um, in the morning, so starting bright and early, each team goes through the warm-up room like they would normally warm up their team. And then we walk like 5 billion miles <laughs> to uh, the stage to compete. And then the athletes and the coaches get 10 minutes on the stage. And there's a certain criteria that teams have to follow in order to show the judges um, all of the parts of their routine. And then, so it's about hours of teams doing that. And then at 4 p.m., all of the difficulty scores for each category come out. And so at 4 p.m., you basically know where you're sitting and where you're standing in your division just based on the difficulty components of your routine alone. And so in the reality of things, when you go into the night performance, it really does just come down to execution and deductions and things like that. But let's say that I'm an athlete and I wake up, I have to meet my team at nine, then we go to the warm-up room at 10, I'm on stage at 11, I'm done with my team at 12, I go get food, I go get ready, and then I come back to get ready and do it all again. And so the athletes are exhausted. They love it, but it is an all-day affair with the morning round and the evening round. And so as a coach, I've always, every single year, woke up bright and early to go watch every single team practice on the stage and just learn from coaches and learn from other teams. But this year, all of the parents for those teams were invited into the practice round, which I thought was super cool and super unique because these parents pay a lot of money, um, especially at the world's level. And so the fact that they were able to come in there and watch their kid on stage in the morning round without the crowd and without the noise and they could just watch their kid, I thought was super, super cool. And then as a coach, it's really nice to be able to see um, your main competitors, the top three, the top five, um, before the big two-day nationals like cheer sport, NCA World, or Summit. And so just the competitiveness alone um, is super fun, super unique. And then as a coach, it's a quick trip. Like we fly in on a Thursday, we compete on Friday, and then most of us, if you don't have teams, we fly out on Saturday morning. And so it's a super quick trip. Um, but overall, you're just surrounded by great teams and great coaches. And that night, the performances are just so fun. You get to just sit and you know that every single team that walks on the stage is going to be at high caliber um, with great cheerleading. And I will say from watching the morning round to the night round, whatever the reasons, there's so many things that could be. But overall, the teams were super strong in the morning. Like overall, I know like some teams were not as strong at night, um, but I'm just lucky enough that I got to watch them in the morning and just watch some great cheerleading. And no matter the reason, it's just fun to have opportunities on stage with your kids. And um, specifically with Panthers and Cheetahs, like the practice round is their favorite part. They get to go on stage almost more relaxed um, than the two and a half minutes where it's like do or die. But it's like they're doing their sections and they're having a lot of fun. And um, it's just low key almost. 
And so it's just fun to be able to go onto the stage that you're going to compete on that night and just have a good time with your athletes and your coaches. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's basically it as far as, you know, the results go. And as far as like some of my favorite teams, some of my favorite teams to watch this weekend, um, Brandon senior black was jaw dropping to me. Um, both times I just love some of their stunt creativity, their like their pyramid creativity. Um, I love watching everyone in the divisions that I'm actually against. So in large senior, large co-ed, um, I was a fan of all of these teams before I started coaching. So like when I was a young boy on Cheetahs and Wildcats, like I loved watching Orange in Senior Elite and Shooting Stars and TGLC. And um, it was called Purple. The large co-ed from Stingers was called Purple back then. But like I'm still a fan <laughs> when I go to watch. And so... I feel like all these little kids who are like 14 and 15, they get to watch their favorite teams. Um, I get to watch some of my favorite teams too. And so um, overall, it's just a really good time for me. It's a really good time for the kids. And if you've never been to the majors, if you attend Jamfest Nationals that weekend, I highly encourage you to just come in that night before um, and just watch the show. It's like a concert, but it's just amazing cheerleading. So kudos to the staff who puts that on and to all of the athletes and the coaches that attend that event each year. It's super special, but yeah, that's basically it. I could go on and on. I love it, but it just makes me more excited for the bigger events like NCAA, Cheer Sport, World, and Summit, um, just to see those teams go head to head again. And for me to be able to watch those teams and put them on my YouTube channel. I've been videoing um, a lot of teams at events this year on my YouTube channel. So if you want to watch any of the majors teams at the practice round or at the performance round, I do have them uploaded on my channel. You can just type in John Davenport on YouTube or John Davenport, the majors, and all of those videos should pop up for you. I just uploaded all of the teams, the world's teams from Jamfest day one and day two as well. So if you, I think this is the first time that the majors round practice round has ever been on video and for the public. So if you want to go and watch it, please go check it out. Like, subscribe to my channel. I do plan on uploading um, more teams as we go throughout the season. But yeah, that's basically the majors. And I'm super excited to chat with you guys about it today. All right, John, thanks for the update on the majors. Hopefully we can catch you again after NCA All-Star Nationals. And so we'll go ahead and get to a break and then get into our question of the week. And we are back and let's get into our sounds like that question of the week. Sounds like that, the official music producer of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast and all of our American cheer tracks. Be sure, if you're looking for last minute music, last minute upgrades, or you need a new music producer for next year, sounds like that. Link in the show notes, link in the description. Be sure to check them out. Also, while we are here, we are still on pre-sale for the t-shirts. So you have until January 31st. Let me make sure that this is not, is this coming out on January 31st? This might actually be. Yes, this is coming out January 31st. So today is your last day. Get If you haven't gotten your t-shirt yet, get your t-shirt right now. Link in the bio. It's going to be the first thing in the bio. Get your t-shirt. Get it right now. But B, hit us up with that. Sounds like that question of the week. All right, here we go. Uh, not sure who this is from, but they asked, why do college cheer teams only have NCA and, and Daytona to compete at? Are they allowed to use or tweak their routine and enter into an all-star competition throughout the season to get more performance time before Daytona? That's a great question. So why do college teams only compete in Daytona and NCA? So yeah, basically there's a rule. I've never actually read the rule myself, but there is a rule that you can only compete at one national event as a college program. So teams typically just pick UCA college nationals or NCA college nationals, but you're not allowed to compete at both of those national championships. So that's one. That's why they only go to one or the other. Now, when I coached at CBU, what we would do is just, obviously we competed at NCA. And we would put a bunch of all-star events on our calendar. 
And then we would just go in exhibition as, you know, CBU college. So yeah, at CBU, we would compete as a college team at all-star events and just go in exhibition. With college team, the other part of the question was, can they tweak their routine a little bit so that they can compete both as a college team and as an all-star team? So you can do that. The The most successful program that has done that is obviously Gym Time in Louisville. So Gym Time All-Stars and the University of Louisville. They do that, you know, every year they've been doing it since I was in All-Stars, where they would take the university kids and go, hey, guys, you guys right now are the University of Louisville. And now you're going to compete as gym time all-stars. And especially back in the day, the rules were pretty much carbon copies. Like the rules were exactly the same for all-star and college. Over the years, they have started to, and that was back when NCA or UCA were making their own rules up. And now they don't make their own rules. Up. Well, college nationals have a different set of people, you know, ACA pretty much controls school cheerleading and they say what's allowed in school cheerleading. And then USASF says what's allowed in all-star cheerleading. But back in the day, like NCA was making their own rules. So NCA college would basically be the same thing as what we would consider level seven. Now NCA college and level seven, you know, NCA was in charge of both rules. So they had like the same set of rules basically over the years. It's still the closest College, you know, college cheerleading and level seven, it's obviously still the closest, but over the years they have like kind of veered off and, you know, there's some things allowed in, there's a lot more things allowed in all-star level seven than there are in collegiate cheerleading. But um, that's one of the things. So let's see. But like I said, gym time was most famous for it. We did... um once upon a time, when I was cheering in college, we did an open team. Now, there's a guy back in the day. We were talking about this when Mandy was on the podcast. Mandy Morgan, a.k.a. Mandy Weidman, a.k.a. Thumper, when she was a Pro-X athlete. And so it's hard to explain what Pro-X was. I have no idea what the heck they were even trying to sell besides DVDs to, you know, kids like me. But Pro-X, this guy who was running Pro-X, his name was Scuba Steve. and Scuba Steve came down to SFA because a lot of SFA cheerleaders were a part of Pro X. And so Scuba Steve came down and was like, hey guys, we are going to put together an open team and you guys are going to be the Pro X open team and represent us in the all-star world. And he had like this great idea and it sounded phenomenal. He had this idea where he said, because SFA never competed against Louisville. We were a D1 team. Louisville's a D1A team. So we never competed against each other at nationals. But we always like, we're like, dude, we're better than Louisville. I'm sure Louisville, you know, we're like, dude, we're better than SFA. And if we ever compete against each other, it's going to be on. Right. And so we, he's like, Hey guys, this is going to be our opportunity to go and get all these teams to compete against each other, you know, at the same competition without the uh, division breaks in schools. So the same way that gym time or the same way that Louisville does gym time, you guys are going to represent the pro X team and you guys are going to be, you know, compete against them at all-star nationals this year, NCA. And he's like, and we're going to do the same thing. I'm telling you, he was like, we're going to do the same thing. You know, we're going to get a team at Brandon to do it. I don't think Brandon ever did it. He's like, we're going to get a team, you know, for Kentucky and they're going to do it. And I'm going to get a team everywhere to do this. So we actually have like this, this collegiate league where these teams can all compete against each other. And I remember him telling us that we are going to be this pro X team and that we are going to go and kick Louisville's butt at nationals. Right. And we're all pumped up. We're all, oh yeah, we're going to do it. So we have these SFA guys and he goes, we're going to take SFA plus we have some kids up at OSU, right? That's how I actually met Mandy, who came on the show. He said, we're going to get, you know, some OSU kids. And then we're going to fill in the spots with some of our other, like, pro-X athletes. So we're thinking, dude, this team is going to be stacked. SFA, OSU, bunch of other pro-X kids. It's going to be crazy. So we go, and we have a three-day weekend, right? We practice, like, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we just do choreography, right? We do choreography, but in that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we don't really finish the routine. Like we get like kind of the bones and this, you know, the skeleton done. 
And that was about two, three weeks before NCAA Nationals. Then we come in the Friday before NCAA All-Star Nationals, finish the routine, right? Choreography-wise, we finished the routine. And then our first time going full out was the very next day on Saturday. And then we went and competed on Sunday. Now, this was a very, very, very talented team. But it goes to show you that if you don't, no matter how much talent you have, you better practice because we got last place. We got sixth place out of six. And um, I remember seeing one of my buddies I cheered with in All-Stars. He cheered at Louisville. And his mom was there watching NCAA Nationals. And I remember coming off the stage and I see her and like, hey, you know, how, you know, how, how are things going? And I remember asking her like how we did. And I was like, hey, so how do we do? Do we hit? And she was like, uh, and I was like, oh, so we look bad, bad. So um, that was fun. But anyway, we got our butts kicked. And um, so I don't recommend doing that. I recommend what we did at CBU, which was we just competed our same routine all year long. and. Um, you know, just competed as a college team exhibitioned at, at all-star events. But um, yeah, I guess you could do it. Again, Louisville does it very successfully. They've been doing it for years with, I'm not even sure the name of the team, Chrome maybe, and Golden Girls. And they are probably the gold standard when it comes to that. Other teams have tried it, not to, you know, not as successful. We thought about doing it at CBU, but we wanted to you know, really focus just on college nationals and not like kind of get wrapped into that all-star world. But, you know, it happens and it's done. Not sure if there's, you know, but that that's it. And that's why you can only compete at what, that's why you see elite teams only compete at one national event is because there's a rule that says you can either compete at NCA or UCA. We also compete at USA, but it's not technically a nationals, like a collegiate nationals. I can't, I can't remember what USA calls it, but they name it something where it's not technically a national event where teams can compete at USA as well and still go to NCA or UCA. So anyway, um, that's it. Does that make sense to you, B? Got any follow-up questions for that? No, it makes sense to me. I think the college cheer is like a whole different, I mean, it obviously is a whole different level, but it makes sense why they can and can't and things like that. So I'm good on that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I'm not really sure why they don't let you compete at both. I mean, it is a lot. It is very taxing because you're putting in all of your energy for NCAA nationals and or UCA nationals. So I'm not really sure why, besides that it's a rule. I'm not really sure why they came up with that rule that you can't compete at both. So someone smarter than me knows the actual rule why it's like that. You know, I'd love to know. Maybe Justin Carrier could tell us why. If he ever comes on the show, someone tag Justin, say, Hey man, he needs you on the show. The people need to hear from Justin Carrier. So anyway, but that's it. Let's, um, let's get to a break B and then we'll come back and wrap up with the quote of the week. Sounds good. All right, B and we are back at it again, heading into our quote of the week. I did. I forgot to say this during the question of the week, but if you have a question for the show, there is a link in the show notes. Go ahead and click on that link and it will let you leave a question for the show. We try to answer every question that we can. So go ahead, leave a question if you have one. I had a mom, actually a grandma DM me last week maybe. And was like, hey, is this where I leave a question for the show? And I was like, yeah, sure. We'd love to hear your question. And then she left me on red, never heard back from her. So grandma, if you're out there, we'd love to hear from you. Um, speaking of grandma, Mom, dad, love you guys, love you guys, love you guys. And um, this is just my, I'm going to try to make that a new thing where I give a shout out to my mom and dad and just tell them I love them. So I love you guys. Hope all is well. And yeah. So, all right, here's our, you ready for the quote of the week, B? I'm assuming you're going to say yes. Yes, I am completely ready for the quote of the week. All right, here we go. Quote of the week. It comes from, there's a lot of good stuff in the Bible. You've never read the Bible before, people. You got to get into it. It's a good book. Uh, Quote of the week comes from the Bible, and it's Proverbs 10, 9. He who walks in his integrity walks securely. Such a good quote. I uh, I love that verse. He who walks in, in his integrity walks securely. So. 
you know, basically to me, what that means is like, if you are doing things the right way for the right reasons, right? You do things with integrity. You don't always have to look over your back and, and like check your surroundings and be scared of what's going to happen. He who walks in it, in his integrity walks securely, right? And so if you're out there telling lies, right? You're cheating on your spouse, you're cheating on your boyfriend, girlfriend, right? Then you always got to wonder like, is someone gonna, like, when is this, when is it going to hit the fan, right? And you're always just worried or you're telling lies all the time. You got to keep up with all your lies. And, you know, you just live with that sense of pressure on you that you're going to get caught. But when you're living like the right way, walking down the straight and narrow, you don't have to worry about those things, right? And, and I bring that up to say, because I know there's a lot of coaches who just am I, who as coaches, we have a lot of people in our lives, right? And it's the athletes and then those athletes' parents and a lot of negativity can come from just parents being upset about decisions that you make, right? And worried about, you know, if I do this, what are the parents going to say? If I do this, what are the parents going to do? But he who walks in his integrity walks securely. And so I encourage all the coaches out there to make decisions, make the right decisions for the right reasons without the fear of backlash from, you know, whoever. Make the right decisions for the right reasons and be able to lay your head, you know, be able to sleep at night, be able to look yourself in the mirror, regardless, because if pe people are going to talk regardless, right? People talk and people complain and people, you know, all of those things are going to happen regardless of the decisions you make. And so you might as well make the right decisions for the right reasons and and do things the right way because people are going to talk and be upset anyway. And so I know there's coaches out there who need to hear that, right? And they just feel the pressure coming from wherever. He who walks in his integrity walks securely. So there's our quote of the week. I really, really love that Bible verse. It just always like just reminds me just to you know, do things the right reasons and I can live like a, a guilt-free life, right? And sometimes you make the wrong decisions and that happens, right? But as, as people in general, not just coaches, but you want to be able to say with the information I had, I made the best decision I could and I'm okay with that. Tammy and I uh, coach at CBU, this would happen. And I'm sure I've told this on the pod, but we would go back and forth about like decisions to make about the team. Should we put this kid in or should we put this kid in? And I just remember Tammy saying like, but what if that's the wrong decision? And I go, and I'm okay. If it's the wrong decision, I'm okay. Like what if it turns out to be the wrong decision? I'm okay losing. Like it's okay. Like I don't want to be scared to make decisions. Like I want to be able to make decisions with the information I had. This is what I thought was best. And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. Like that's life sometimes. But I didn't want to be, you don't want to have paralysis of analysis, right? You want to be able to go and, you know, pull the trigger and say, guys, I tried my best. Turns out, you know, that wasn't the right decision. If I could go and make a different decision, I would. But in the future, I'm going to be better. So there you go. Someone needed to hear that. I hope that uh, motivates you to just make, to make the right decision without fear of the consequences this week as you're preparing your teams or as you're, you know, you're raising your, your children for all you parents out there. So anyway, B, anything you want to add on to that? No, I, I mean, I should, but I don't have anything. Like I, I agree with you. I shouldn't be so agreeing with you, but I do. <laughs> Dude, we're not, we're agreeing with God on that one. We're just saying, God, that was a good one. That was good. You put a good one in the, in the guys, I'm telling you, read, read the book of Proverbs. It'll change your life. Read the, there's real good stuff in there. Book of Proverbs one a day, change your life. So anyway, all right, guys, um, it's been real. It's been fun. When we come back again, we're probably talking about spirit sports. So I think we're gonna have Shay on next week on the pod. I think episode 95 is gonna be Shay. 
And um, and then we'll come back again and we'll be talking about spirit sports. So leave a five-star rating. There's a lot of things on this podcast I've memorized. I do not have this last part memorized. Leave a five-star rating. Leave a review. Make a donation. Uh, what else can you do? Buy a t-shirt. Uh, like this if you're on YouTube. Yeah, share it. Enter the enter the contest. Share this thing. And um, you know, until next time, five, six, seven, eight. We're, we're out. out. Hey, let's talk cheer podcast listeners. Although this episode has come to an end, there are a few other cheer podcasts out there that you can add to your weekly routine. If you're a gym owner or gym director and want to dive more into the business side of things, then check out the Connecting People and Profits podcast with host Dan Cotton. If you're a former cheerleader and want to hear the success stories from other former cheer athletes after their cheering days are done, then you'd love the Life After Cheer podcast with host Danielle Donovan. And if you're a cheer parent and need another cheer parent to relate to and want to hear things from a cheer mom's perspective, then the Cheer Mom podcast is for you. Check one of them out. Check them all out. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for watching the Let's Talk Cheer podcast. Definitely subscribe so you never miss out on anything from the show.